Today's episode of Life's a Garden is brought to you by the great outdoors. When you live in a state as beautiful as Montana, you can't help but marvel at the majesty that are the wide open skies, the flowing rivers, and the rugged mountains. And without the great outdoors, we could never really appreciate the true marvel in this world, which is, of course, the great indoors. I myself am not a fan of nature, but someone who would highly disagree with me is today's guest. He is an avid fisherman, outdoorsman, enjoys camping. He is a car guy and a sports fan. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Brandon Ostrew. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, bud. How's it going? It's going good. Just working my life away. Yeah, how was work? Not too bad. I mean, COVID's kind of unfortunately put a damper on a lot of things, but I mean, the auto industry always rebounds somehow. Right. Whether it be government bailouts or whatever. Been pretty steady over there? Or? Yeah. I mean, uh, production of new cars has kind of been a little iffy because there's actually, from what I've heard, there's a shortage of computer chips. So that's kind of affected the fact of them making the computers to, of course, to put in the cars because everything runs off that nowadays. So right. that's kind of led to a little bit of a downfall. I gotcha. Yeah, it seems like over at Toyota, everything's been running pretty much the same. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not involved in all the you know orders and all that stuff, so I wouldn't know, honestly, as far as any new cars. Yeah. Well, in Nissan's production, a lot of it's in the U.S., so, I mean, that hasn't affected it as much. But, I mean, the... A lot of them have been shut down, the plants and stuff, so it's starting to get back to a little more, like, normal now, which mm. is nice. I mean, we haven't really, for a while, we had a, quite an effect of slowdown of new vehicles and pretty much nothing coming in, but now it's gotten to the point where it's a little, little better. Right. So you're a salesman. Yes. I work with a lot of salesmen. I've been dying to ask you this question. Okay. I'm going to ask you the exact same question that I would ask a porn star. What's it like... To fuck people for a living. I'm just kidding. I'm just I mean, it makes me money, so the same way as a porn star, I guess, no. I just thought, I, it was too good. I thought about that a while back when I knew you were coming on, and I just had to <laughs> throw that one on there. But no. but honestly, like from a salesman's perspective, what is it like? Because I know salesmen get a bad rap, and you know what I mean? There's always that negative yeah. stereotype about salesmen. I personally get along with all the salesmen at work. Yeah. But... What, uh, from the shoes of a salesman? So the industry itself, as a sales standpoint, a lot of it is from, like, the 70s and 80s. Unfortunately, back then, of course, you didn't have computers, so people couldn't go online and research things. You couldn't go online and find out goods or bads or anything like that. So that's a nice thing about nowadays. People can do the research, and they know what they're looking at when they come in. Um, a salesman's job is actually a lot easier now because there's a lot less that you have to do in that fact. People know kind of what they're looking for when they come in. If not, then you can kind of point them in a direction because they generally know what they're looking for. The bad rep comes from people who, I mean, let's face it, back in, of course, back in the 70s and 80s, unfortunately, car salesmen were dicks. Right. They were idiots, like car dealerships screwed people out of a lot of money. Nowadays, it's not like that because, I mean, you have one bad thing happen and everyone knows about it. It makes me think about, like, the movie Matilda. 
Have you, have you seen that? I have not. Oh, God. Uh, Danny DeVito plays her dad, and he's a car, car mm. salesman, and he always, like, does stuff to make him look better, but it's just janky. Yeah. So, and it's old school, too, so that that's probably what happened back in the day and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah, and what's that, what's that one site that, that, like, maybe we shouldn't, maybe just for the sake of car salesmen, we shouldn't say this, but um, it's not Kelly Blue Book, but it, like... Like, cars or auto... Auto Trader? Auto Trader. Is that the yeah. one? Well, what they do is they actually pull from a database. So, like, our website, of course, all our vehicles are on there. Um, so, the thing is, a lot of the information's out there, and they pull from the web, the dealerships and bring them all together into one. Mm. So, that's another nice thing about the internet, is it actually does put a lot of the information out there and pull that together so that way you know everything's fair. Right. So. Yeah, my, one of my uh, sales managers was talking about how just having the internet itself has made it very Im- almost impossible to to jack up the price on a vehicle because mm-hmm. it's so easy for anybody just to be like okay well what's the best available car in my area right. from anywhere and like with carfax you can't like underhand people on on uh services that weren't done on it or if it was in a wreck this and that right yeah well and i mean honesty is a huge thing in the industry now it should be though like cars are a big deal like you everyone needs one yeah the two biggest purchases you'll make in your life is a house or in a car because i mean you're paying forty thousand dollars for something that you drive every day Mm -hmm. and of course you want to make sure that you're saving every penny you can so i mean that's kind of our job is to make sure that you're comfortable i mean you we're not just out to screw people pretty much i mean we're we want to make sure you're comfortable make sure you have something you like make sure that it's what you want Right. What's the sale? Uh, what's your sales staff over there? How many? Uh, eight. Okay, that seems so crazy because I feel like we have so many over here. Yeah. But it's probably really not. I mean, it's probably only like eight on at a certain time. I don't know. Yeah. Well, and Nissan's a smaller store, so we don't necessarily have the traffic and stuff like that. that a lot of them have, but we, I mean, we're part of a major auto group here in Montana, so we do have a decent amount we can pull from. Yeah, you can pull from uh, Chevy and stuff, and right? CarMart as well. So yeah, so you got a huge inventory of. Mm-hmm. I can't honestly, I can't believe how huge Chevy's inventory is. Yeah, like I think from a detail standpoint, because that's what I do. Just the fact that every one of those cars has to get put through the shop, put through detail, like yeah, that's a huge lot. There's a lot of moving parts there because they have like a dedicated part that goes just to used cars and a dedicated part to clean up new cars and like we. I mean, everything works perfectly. It's just like gears on a watch. It all just comes together and just works. Right. Do you guys have, like, a detail group, or...? We do. We, um... We have... Of course, we clean the vehicles before we put them on the lot, and we have somebody else do that, but as far as, like, when you buy them, we have somebody in-house that does that. Yeah, because I know some dealerships, uh... They'll go through, like, Mars, or... Through through an off company. or... Yeah. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if what you guys did. Um, I always thought... Well, actually, before I come to this point... Let me let's let's run through the story because I love the story of when we uh, first met. Yes. So we like with mo- a lot of my friends, honestly, met at Olive Garden. Yes. I trained you. Yep. First job. And how how'd you get the job? So Caden, my cousin, of yes. course, worked there. And I think did you trained him as well? I correct? did. Yeah. And so I was homeschooled, so I of course didn't really know a whole lot. I mean, I was well, I mean, people at least. And so I was looking for a job. I went to his graduation party, blah, blah, blah. Things come together, and I end up getting the job there. 
Right. And what Caden told me before you trained was, yeah, he's kind of weird, though. And I'm like, weird? Like, what do you mean, like, weird? Is he, like, a creep? Is he, like, I don't know what you mean. And he's like, mm, you'll, you'll see. You'll, you just gotta see. I was like, okay, fine, sure. And trained you, did, ran through everything. And after training, we always would do meals. We'd mm-hmm. get a free meal, or and I'd have to show you kind of the menu and things like that. Which is my favorite part. Oh, <laughs> did you train? Were, like, were you a trainer at Yeah, one I was a trainer for, like, okay, nine so, months. So, you, yeah, you got to do that. That was my favorite part of yeah. training. But anyway, so yeah, that's how you get to know your trainee more, talk to them, and just like for me, what I would do is I would always break down the things that we had in common. Mm-hmm. So I would ask about sports, I would ask about music, I would ask about you know just things that I enjoyed. See where you like the trainees at on that level, and then we can like rap about that. Right. You know, just kind of go off of whatever. Turns out we both have the same football fan like we're a fan of the Broncos born and raised Sa- fan of just sports in general so we could easily talk about it fan of music the same music in fact you had just been to I went to Motley Crue yeah the, and Alice Cooper the night before you started training me and I had also been to that show or wait mm-hmm. no I didn't go to that show but I saw I had seen both those guys in concert before yeah. so we were able to talk about that we were able to talk about music and things like that and afterwards I asked Caden so what's so weird about him? Like he seems just like me. Like we we like all the same stuff. We're totally normal. And he's like, yeah, but he likes that metal stuff. I'm like, bro, <laughs> do you not even know who I am? Like that's my whole shtick. Yeah. I just thought that was so funny how how uh, he painted you as this weirdo. Yeah. And I'm like, not at all. Like if he's weird, I'm weird. Yeah. Well, then six years later, how many shows have we seen together now? Damn, that's a good question, actually. Uh, Shinedown in Missoula. A Treyu. Treyu. Which, which I was sick as a dog. I cannot believe I actually made it through that concert. sucks, too, because uh, that was the first and only time you've seen him, right? Unfortunately, yeah, now that uh, Alex Macatsis has left the band. Yeah, so. But at least you saw him. Right. But yeah, and you were sick. So there was that one. I mean, I think the list is too long, honestly. Yeah, like, there's been quite a few. We've seen a lot. Well, not even necessarily together, but at the same shows. Right. Because there's been a lot where you've been on the floor and I've been in like, the seats. Disturbed and mm-hmm. uh, I think Godsmack and yeah. a couple others, yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely been a few we've been at at the yeah. same time, too. I love concerts. I, I can't wait for them to come back. I know. I was telling Maddie earlier. I'm like, of course, the one time I have long hair, I can't even go to a show and headbang. But, right. I mean, little things in life you got to enjoy. And, of course, the first scheduled concert... Hopefully, like, it still goes through. I don't even care who it is, but it's Buck Cherry. And I'm just like, yay. Like, I am almost have tempted to even just go, just to get back into a concert vibe. And I know you're going to be pissed about this. The last show I saw before COVID, I just happened to be going to Spokane, which because oh, unfortunately it was off. a cancelled Seattle trip, because that's when everything was setting in, they shut down everything over there, was I went to see Tool. God damn you. Now, I know you're angry about that, and I apologize. It was a last-minute thing. I got tickets on the road there, but... I'm not mad you went. I'm very happy you went, because it's an amazing show. Absolutely. I'm mad that I didn't get invited. But, like you said, it was a last-minute thing. Yeah. I didn't even know there. I didn't even know I was going to be staying in Spokane. I went and just happened to notice Tools playing at the Spokane Arena, because I was just checked the website. I was like, oh, I wonder who's playing. And See, and here's the thing. Actually, I for some reason, I guess I didn't know it was in Spokane. I thought it was in Idaho. 
because I knew they were playing um, in Boise. And I would have gone to Boise. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have gone to Spokane. I like Spokane, but... They, what are they, the same distance, though? Uh, just about. It's eight hours to Spokane. That's eh, not too bad. About the same distance to Denver. If you, Okay, if you would have been like, hey, Tool's playing this weekend, you want to come? I probably would be like, fuck yeah. Up and gone. Yeah. yeah. But oh well. I mean, hopefully they come nearby again. We can... Well, and here's a fun fact I learned later. So that was, I don't know if they played any shows after the fact because everything started getting shut down. But, so they had come back from Australia and that was the first show he played after that. So he ended up, uh, Maynard James Keenum ended up contracting COVID and it actually affected his lungs and a couple other things after that. And so he's still suffering major, or at least a couple months ago, he's still suffering major effects from that. Yeah. So I don't know what it's going to be like when things start going back to normal and he starts playing shows again, but that was the last show before he actually contracted the virus, which is kind of crazy. But didn't they record a Pussifer album? I think I don't know if that was before or after the fact, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. Because I know one of the songs is... I don't know if it's necessarily about COVID. They could have wrote it beforehand and just like tied it in with COVID. Knowing them, they literally had a song in German about chocolate chip cookies, so... This is true. Um, okay, so anyway, I, wanna, I wanted to circle around to this point, being that you are one of the rare... In, so, in my opinion, as a guy, most guys are either sports fans, like, know a lot about most sports. It doesn't have to be every sport, but you're, you're well enveloped into that world. You know stats and players and this and that. Like, you're pretty well knowledgeable of sports. Yeah. Or... You're a car guy, where you're very knowledgeable of cars and like the inner workings of an engine, and and just love looking at different models and this and that. So, and you can be both. You can be like a fan of of cars and sports, but usually one of them you don't know as much about. You, on the other hand, are pretty well enveloped in both worlds, which is a rare thing because I feel like you know most car guys, guys who are really into cars, when I try and talk sports with them, they don't really get it like they don't know what i'm talking about and when and for me i'm a big sports guy and so when car guys try to talk to me about cars i'm just like "Mm, not following you but you on the like you're one of those rare guys that falls in the middle of both i'm kind of redneck in that way yeah see and i feel like most rednecks honestly aren't Mm. big sports fans they might be like big football fans or big you know baseball fans or something but not like you like football baseball hockey basketball like i don't know if you don't really like basketball as much but auto racing's more my third but right. same thing still it kind of crosses over there with, between the sports and um car world which yes auto racing is a sport yeah contrary to popular belief but the thing that made me realize that racing was a sport was when um dale earnhardt did i think it was dale earnhardt did the um sports science mm-hmm and they were talking about like just the sheer force it takes just to turn that wheel. Yeah, I think it was Dale Jr. that did it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, I just once they showed that, I was like, okay, yeah, this is a legit sport. Like, there's there's muscle movement involved. Well, and as we're recording this right now, there's currently the Daytona 24 Hour. I don't know if you know anything about that. No. So the of course everyone knows Daytona. Um, it's where the Daytona 500. It's like the pinnacle of racing. Um, the 24-hour race is actually a race that they partially are on there, and they're on the infield. Um, and they have stints of different drivers that go through, 
And so, like, every four hours or however long, they'll actually switch drivers, put another driver in the car, and race. And they race for straight 24 hours. Is this a new thing? No, it's been around for many, many, many years. How did I... How have I never... How is this the first time I've heard this? I don't know. But, yeah, it's Rolex 24 at Daytona. Um, hmm. Right now, there's currently a team, like, Jimmy Johnson, NASCAR legend, is currently racing. Chase Elliott's racing. There's a lot of huge drivers that race. There's also one in uh, France called the Circuit de Le Mans. And they do the Le Mans 24-hour race. That's huh. like the another huge pinnacle of racing. Hmm. Yeah, so I had no do, idea. Yeah, they do different stints, and the drivers kind of sleep and hang out and eat. And then those, their stint will come up, they'll go in the car for another four hours, and then switch out again. That's kind of interesting. Four hours? Damn. Which, that's the normal length of a race. There's even, like, six-hour races and 12-hour races where they're just in the car the entire time. That's so nuts. Yeah. And you got to imagine, like, just the heat... And yep. like you got to have all that gear. That's yep. You got a fire suit on. You're smoking in the car, just absolutely drenched in sweat. You're racing for however long, and you got the g forces of the car. You're turning the car. You're paying attention to everything about the suspension and the aerodynamics and just everything, and figuring out what they need to adjust. If you've got gas, if you've got tires, and just all that's going through your mind while you're also focusing on the track and other drivers around you and everything happening. So. Well, another thing that people don't give credit to enough when it comes to racing is people die like oh yeah more than you think and when you really like break it down you don't see a lot of deaths on the football field no. you, you know there might be heat stroke and training camp is one major one yeah and consequences but... that come later on in life due to cte yeah, yeah. but like even boxing like there's been a, a the occasion where a guy will die in the ring mm-hmm. but i don't know i feel like you hear way more about guys dying in in the cars you gotta think you're in this this metal death trap, basically, like Going they 200 try to keep miles as safe hour. as you can. Dale Earnhardt is a major example of that. Unfortunately, he did pass away. He was not using a Hans device, which is actually the restraint that goes around your neck that protects your head from moving around. And of course, you've got a helmet and everything on, but you've got a cage around you. But you're still hurling yourself at 200 miles an hour. And if you get turned, you're going head on into a wall at 200 miles an hour. And the g-force that the brain and everything sustains sustains at that point is just incredible is that what it was that killed him then was not having that neck brace <sighs> there's been a lot of theories there's not richard childers hasn't come out and said what exactly happened but i've heard a seat belt like because they've got a multi-point belt that comes on that broke his head came forward like brain trauma and neck trauma there's a lot of things that have been speculated i'm not 100 sure on what the actual result was damn but yeah, the same was... thing you don't know what could happen at any given point yeah um, since we're already talking about sports, we got a lot. There's actually a few things we can talk about here, but let's go ahead and start with the big thing coming up this week, which is of course the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Thoughts? I want I want the Buccaneers to win. Of, yeah, hundred percent. I can't I can't stand as a Broncos fan, lifelong, brought home in from the hospital in a Broncos blanket, kind of Super Bowl or kind of Broncos fan. I can't see Kansas City winning it. I cannot stomach it. Much less two in a row. Much less two in a row. It was hard enough last year. And this pains me to say, again, as a Broncos fan, Tom Brady is probably the best quarterback to ever play the game. The fact that he went to Tampa and got them to this point is absolutely incredible. First year, yeah, and they're going to be the first team to ever host the Super Bowl in their own stadium. Correct. Do you know what the other team was that actually played in their own city? Um, Rams. Right? They played in the Rose Bowl? I believe it was the 49ers. 49ers did it, too. I think the Rams yeah. did it, too, though. They it might have. I'm not 100% the Rams sure on that. Because the Rams did it in... What was the... 
It was like the college stadium, right? Right. So that was when they were in LA, correct? Or I mean the not the Rams, the uh 49 the Forty Nine ers played in a different stadium too, you said. Right. 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 Where was they, that? It was I think I think that was in the college stadium, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not hundred percent sure. I was actually gonna check on that and I totally forgot to, but I'm pretty sure they played in the college stadium. This is why I needed Jamie. That's why yeah. I need a guy sitting beside looking up right, facts. Right. Maybe one day. Um <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I can't, I can't do it. No Chiefs. I, I'm as much as I'm. I'm not even a, really a Tom Brady hater, but I respect the man. Sure, hundred percent. And I can easily go for him wearing a Bucks uniform. No problem. Okay. Let the man get his thing. You know, get that seventh. I don't care as long as Kansas City doesn't get a third. Exactly. And guess what? That's another thing. If Kansas City wins, they're tied with us in rings. That pains me. Yeah, <laughs> that hurts me a lot. I can't do it. Can't do it. So, as me- and you know they're going to be back at some point. Oh yeah, as long- pa- Patrick Mahomes is a once in a generation kind of quarterback. Like you don't see that kind of quarterback just come out of the gate just blazing. Although I will say this, I see a uh, Seahawks situation happening in Kansas City very soon, where they just they're not going to be able to pay everybody. There's yeah. no way they have way too many superstars to be able to pay them all what they deserve. So the only way they're going to remain Competitive is if they just nail it on the draft every year. Like, yep. that's the only way they're going to do it. Which is incredible. The Patriots did that for so long. They built a dynasty behind that because Bill Belichick just sees something in somebody. and Right. Well, that's what made them such a, a good team. Also, Brady didn't have a half a billion dollar contract. Correct. So. His wife still makes more than him, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. What else would I, would I want to say about Super Bowl? Is that do you, do you so you're going for the Bucks? Absolutely. Do you think they can do it? I think the big thing being that they are they have home field advantage, and I know that Brady's only been there a year, but it's still you have that home field advantage there. Mm-hmm. You're going in there, and I think that Tampa can become more of a football city because it's a very small market team for what it is. That's like it's not like comparing it to the. Uh, Patriots or to the uh, even the Dolphins, Dolphins, yeah, even Dolphins, because uh, Florida has three teams, yeah, which is crazy, yeah, but they're still a small market team, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think that's got to play an advantage in some way. Like, even if it's not, you know, it's it's a home field advantage. You're not going to have your home crowd there. Super Bowl's a mix of fans, right? And with COVID, that makes it even worse because they're limiting the amount of that can go in. Yeah. But to know that you're playing in the place that you played eight games this season, mm-hmm. it's got to at least be, like, internally, like, you're in your locker room. Like, that's your actual locker. That's got to put some sense of, of uh, I don't know, juice in the tank. Right. Just even to be like, hey, we can't lose this game. This is an our home. Right. And coming off of three uh, playoff games in a row where they played away yeah i don't know if that's going to play into their head at all or if that's going to give them an advantage that's it's true an undecided factor there too we'll see what happens man all i can say is go uh go bucks go bucks are you gonna come watch it absolutely i think we're gonna watch it at max house deal so i'm out there yet we'll be out in the sticks out in the sticks i'm hoping okay so here's what scares me he told me that he's gonna run it on the cbs streaming service and I don't want a situation of Super Bowl 52 
happening. Yeah. You want to tell that story? Go for it. No, you got you got it. I don't even remember what what exactly happened with all that. I was running it on the Fox streaming service. Oh, yeah, and everything just completely shut down. Yeah, now this is the... Was it 52 or 51? I think it was 52. The, I don't remember how everything laid out with, like, which... Patriots-Falcons. Ones. Whichever one was the Patriots-Falcons. So, I don't remember if it was... It was either 51 or 52. But anyway, was running it on the streaming service, on the Fox streaming service, because, like, you know, you can't get Fox on an antenna out here. And... It shut off. It went out. Right in the middle of the Patriots coming back. Yep. And we had to all watch it on our phones. So I'm hoping that with Max set up... Because that was the overtime game, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, and we had to watch all the overtime on our phones. On our phones. Yeah. I do not want that to happen again. Montana things, man. I tell you, if you're not going to run into that anywhere else. I know. But, um, yeah, one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Yeah. So, we'll see what at happens. Le- at least it gives you something to remember it by. At least there's something true. you'd be like, somebody bring that Super Bowl up, and you're like, oh, I know, I remember what happened that time. Right. Well, at least this time it's on him, not me. Right. Like, if, <laughs> if things go south, we can point fingers at him. Because yeah. I felt really bad about that. <laughs> uh, with the... Let me ask you about football still, though. What's your thoughts on the Deshaun Watson and uh, Matthew Stafford stuff? I could see Stafford going somewhere like the uh, 49ers, somewhere that's ready to win now. Because the 49ers, when Garoppolo was doing good, like, they were great. They were winning games. They were doing fantastic. And personally, for me, Stafford's a fantastic quarterback. I've always loved him. I've always thought he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He just doesn't have a anything behind him to get him there, much like Nolan Arenado, which don't even get me started on that. We'll get but, to that. We'll get to that. I think he's ready to go win now. He's how old is he? 32, 33, somewhere in there. 32. He's ready to win. Yeah. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He is tough as nails, and he is just fantastic. And I think he's just needs to go somewhere where they can actually respect him and put a team behind him, and he was going to do great. Now, Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, I think he can go somewhere. I can see the Broncos getting him, but at the same time, I don't want to give up draft picks. I think we don't necessarily need to give up on Drew Locke just yet. But, like, the Panthers or the Jets, I can't see them out of the question. Yeah. Well, I think Watson said the Jets was the place he wanted to go. And Dolphins as well. Yeah. And they have, you know, they could trade Tua, and that's pretty decent compensation. But Watson comes with a high price tag. I could see also the Niners trading to get uh, Watson because Garoppolo would be good compensation. They're already paying Garoppolo a grip of money, so they're not going to see a huge spike in the in the um, cap hit. Yeah. And then you'd have to trade a first-round pick, too. Yeah. The biggest thing with the Dolphins is I've heard Tua's not great in the locker room. He's kind of arrogant, and that he, I've heard that he's... A lot of players are questioning his arm strength. Interesting. Which is... Uh, I don't... I think it was an anonymous player that had stated that, but I did hear that there was some iffiness in the locker room about Tua. I had not heard that. That's interesting. He doesn't seem like that, but I guess I don't know. I don't know what happens behind closed doors. Exactly. It seems like Watson's kind of being a little arrogant in himself, too, in the way. I can get what he's saying where, like, you paid me this money, I should be involved in some of the say around here. But But he did have a no-trade clause in his contract. See, and that's the thing, too. That's where it comes interesting because 
he now holds the power. So if they want to trade him to, let's say they want to tr- do a swap to the Lions, Stafford for Watson, and Watson's like, I don't want to go there. They can't do anything. He has no trade. So he has to approve the trade. Exactly. So that's huge. Another thing I thought was interesting, which is kind of funny, is I don't remember if it was the GM or the owner of the Texans. They were saying that they were staying with their player. And they didn't... I don't remember the exact way that he uh, said everything in that sentence. But he didn't refer to Watson. He just said the player. Which I think is kind of funny and kind of on par with everything that Deshaun Watson and everyone has said about the Texans organization. That They're kind of a mess. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I mean, it's yeah. interesting, though. And I, I think Denver has a good shot at getting Stafford, honestly. I can see that. We have a great young receiving core. And if we have a good veteran command and even... Like, I know a lot of the talk has been to get rid of Drew Locke for the quarterback. I still think that it would be great to have somebody behind them to kind of learn. Because that's what we kind of failed with with Peyton Manning. I can agree with that. Osweiler, even though he's a Montana boy, didn't pan out. And they say we could get Locke for two second-round picks. Yeah. Or not Locke, uh, Stafford. But it might, you know, Locke might end up being part of that deal. And I still think Stafford leaving Detroit is a huge gaping hole in that town. Because he is that town. He puts everything him and his wife have done so much for that town and charity and everything like that he put everything there he he did his best like i don't i don't blame him at all for trying them no. you know for being like dude this is i've had enough it's just down to ownership and yeah runs. exactly he's had to have different coaches all the time and then the other thing too is um i didn't even think about this is they're the seventh pick so That's they true. they could easily you know pick up a justin fields yeah. Or that kid from North Dakota State. I don't remember. I don't. I've more the Alabama kid this year, but yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of there's like four quarterbacks that are like guys to watch out for. Yeah. And Justin Fields and obviously Trevor Lawrence are the two top yeah. guys. I Trevor Lawrence, and um, as long as there's not a Tua situation where he ends up getting injured, I think he's going to go number one overall. Oh, he's going Jags absolutely. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. And the, that'll be interesting too. All right. Well, then then Florida's kind of the football state right now. Well, and as much as I said it was weird that Florida has three teams, it's not actually that weird because when you think about it, there's a lot of guys that come out of Florida. Like, Florida's a big... It, it produces a lot of football Correct. players, just but like that whole South area. The teams have just kind of gone into obscurity because they haven't done what they need to. The right. Dolphins haven't followed up with the Dan Marino era and, like, as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick is, not saying he's great, but... Honestly, there. the Bucks have been the most successful ones. Yeah, the Jags haven't done a whole lot lately. Nothing. Yeah, they went to the AFC Championship game a couple years back, but yeah. that was it. I was rooting for them too. Yeah, let's uh, move out of football. You sent me a heartbreaking message last night. <sighs> Fill us in. Nolan Arenado. The Rockies organization has been a dumpster fire for 25 years, and we decided to pay a team in our own division to take our own player. $50 million for arguably the best third baseman in baseball. What? How does that make sense? What a fucking joke. I have stood behind the Rockies my whole life. I will show you a picture as proof of me two years old in a boat with a little Rockies hat on. Like, I've been a fan my whole life. And I'm done with the Rockies. It's the Mumfords have run that team into the ground and have not done a single thing. 
we went to the what was it, 07 World Series. We got swept by the Red Sox. That's the last time we really did anything. We made the playoffs a couple years ago. Yeah, we made the playoffs like two years in a row or something like that, didn't we? And we just we choked out right away. Yep. Now they're talking about trading the farm. Yeah. So they're saying Might Trevor. At this point, they're saying Trevor Story is going to be out. Yeah. Well, he's a free agent after this year as well, so he could just not. Which I mean, I'd hope we would be able to trade him for something, at least you know, build something for the future. But the way the Mumfords have gone with the Rockies organization is we're not going anywhere. So let me get this straight. We didn't even trade for anything. There was some few no-name prospects. But we paid them $50 million as how, well. How and why? It's the Rockies, man. There's no, there's no rhyme or reason behind what they did. There's no rhyme or reason behind anything they do. Unfortunately, that's just the way the organization has been. Was though. he not happy there? Did he want out? He wants to win. I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. But He's like, a Hall of Famer. He's arguably, like I said, the best third baseman third baseman in baseball and has been for a long time you watch any of his plays and he is just it's incredible the way that kid plays like it's not kid anymore but the fact that he was in colorado he was the leader of the like the entire team mm-hmm. like that's a, somebody you build behind very disappointing <sighs> i i don't know when you sent me that i was like you gotta be kidding me i thought you had already heard i had not i didn't mean to break your heart no i when you know, normally when when you end up sending me like breaking news with any of our teams, I I had heard like it's usually I'll see it and then the flood of texts come in like everybody yeah. sees it at the same time. But no, I did not see that one, and I was like, "You have got to be kidding me!" I was having a great day, man. I just happened to log into Reddit, and the first thing I see is Nolan Arnato is traded. Damn. Bye bye Rockies. On a side note. I enjoy the Cubs. <laughs> I mean, not to abandon a team. I'm not a bandwagoner whatsoever, but I can't stand behind a team that's not going to do anything. They're just in it for a business, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not going to bode well with fans at all across the spectrum. So no. we'll see how. I mean, I've never really been a big baseball fan anyway. Right. It's, not, it's definitely not my number one. So, yeah, you definitely like baseball a little bit more than I do. But, you know, I, I do consider myself a, a Rockies fan, and losing any star guy on your team is even, never a good thing. Even if we go to a game and you pay the cheapest tickets you can, 16 bucks, I'll still go. Oh, I know we did. Remember when we went down there in uh, yeah. 16, 15, 16? Something like that. Those weren't terrible. No. We probably could have paid for more. No, but that was also the year Trevor's story... It started as, I think it was his rookie campaign, and was hitting a home run every game for, I don't remember, I think it was like 10 straight games or something like that, I don't remember now, but that was the one game he didn't hit one. I, I was know. so angry. <laughs> I was against the Padres, and we sat like 50 rows up. Didn't we lose too? Oh, yeah. I've only seen the Rockies win, I think, once out of four times I've seen them. Yeah. I've never seen the Avs win. Or wait. No? No, because we, when we went down last time, at least it was against the Ducks, and I yeah. think we got shut out. Never seen the Avs win. Out, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, I was gonna say on a side note, the Avalanche are the favorites to win the Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, which Vegas is pretty exciting. Favorites. We are playing out of our minds. They're, I still, I think they haven't really hit their stride just yet, but I think the heater's coming. Give us time. Now that we, I know we lost for uh, our like main goalie a couple years ago with Varlamov, but we've got a great farm. We are just cooking right now. Kale McCarr is playing out of his mind. Landskog's still playing good. Of course, we've got Nathan McKinnon, arguably one of the best players in the league. Oh, yeah. That's 
people say have been saying that for a long time. Yeah. We we got to steal with him too, and oh, he, yeah. he's not getting paid nearly what he should. No, he is. I I'm calling it now. Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup. I would love to see that. I think we got it in us. Yeah, and then the Nuggets are doing pretty good. Yeah, but unfortunately, basketball is not the one thing I don't really follow a whole lot. Sure. Yeah. See, I was the same way. Like, I would follow basketball, but I never really like followed the Nuggets. I considered myself a Nuggets fan, but they just weren't anything to write home about. Right. And now that they're actually been doing good the last couple of years, I've been way more into basketball. Yeah. So, the cool. Nuggets are having a fair season this year. They're yeah. starting to find their rhythm too. Was it the last year or the year before where they were really considering them for the finals? I'd say last year was yeah. the better because we went to the end, we went to the Western Conference Championship and then lost. Yeah, but because who's who's the star player? It's Jokic, right? Yeah, yeah. Him and Murray, the Joker. Yeah. Love that guy. Yeah. He now that's another thing. Jokic is legitimately on par to be MVP of the NBA. That's that's incredible. I, I just love seeing like a small market team. Like not saying Denver for football is, but it's a football town. So seeing the NBA team or uh, oh, it's definitely NHL a small market basketball team is just fantastic. And he's yeah, he's running a twenty game streak triple double or double double. Sorry, oh. not triple double, but yeah, he's had a double double in every single game this year. Yeah. He has not, and only he's second now. He's yeah. he's Giannis did it last year, I think, or the year before. And had 19 straight to start the season. And Jokic has 20 now. Wow. And the only person that has more than that, I think, is Bill Russell with 36 or something like that to start the season. So, he's chasing. Yeah. In there. Could be interesting. That'd be so crazy to have him be MVP. Yeah. He'd, he would do it if he if he gets, you know, a, yeah. averages a triple-double on the season. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It's just, I've always enjoyed seeing Denver teams do great. I mean, that's the closest market to us. I always cheered for even in NASCAR furniture row racing mm-hmm. until they unfortunately shut down. Barney Visser decided to sell the team, but it's still cool to see yeah. any Denver team do great. The uh, Also, before we get off topic with sports, I wanted to say I, I need to address the UFC fights, which I have not done yet. Con- Conor McGregor, my guy, got knocked out in the second round. <laughs> Now, I like Dustin Poirier. I have nothing right. against the guy. I think Connor's excuse was valid. He had not fought in over a year. Even he was like, you know, you can't do that, come into the sport and expect to beat the number two guy in the in the world. Correct. Or not in the world, but in that weight class. I 100% agree. He should have got matched up with somebody a little bit lesser on the totem pole and work his way up again. But I still, I like Dustin Poirier. Thought it was a good fight. Michael Chandler... I I have my money on him and he won. So he, yeah. he it was his debut in the UFC, came over from Bellator. Really? So and he he beat the number six guy in the weight class. That's pretty cool. And there's some big fights coming up. Like the next three cards are gonna be awesome. So I'm very yeah. excited about that. What are the ones coming up? Do you remember? Next one the main card is a uh, like the main event is Usman versus Burns, Gilbert Burns. Yeah. And then the next fight is Israel Adesanya, Stylebender versus um, Jan Blahovich for the light heavyweight title. So he'll be going to become the th- fourth guy to hold uh, two s- titles simultaneously. 
because he's moving up a weight class. Okay. And then also Amanda Nunez is fighting on that card, and then the featherweight title, or no, bantamweight title will be on the on the line. And then the next fight after that is Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight title, and that's a good fight too because Francis Ngannou is one of the top heavyweights. But Miocic has defended the the heavyweight title more times than any heavyweight ever. Okay. To say, unfortunately, like boxing and fighting and stuff like that has not necessarily been the one I've followed. I still, it's like a side marker for me. Yeah. Where it's like when I hear about it, I know about it. And a lot of people at work talk about it, so I know the thing or two here. But I mean, the one thing I've d- have taken like kind of a back step, but with Conor McGregor, he's actually improved his attitude a lot. He's not as cocky as he used to be. Yeah, no, he's definitely. I think he's just trying to rebrand himself. I mean, the whole cocky stuff. It was all. A gimmick. A fat, it was meant face, to, yeah. yeah, it was meant to sell tickets, mm-hmm. just like how Floyd Mayweather does it, and then Connor, I, he's already made the money. He's already, oh, yeah. you know, done all that. He has companies now, and a lot of people are attributing that to him, you know, not performing as well either. Maybe he, his heart just isn't in it. I don't buy that. I think his heart's still in it. I think he just loves to fight. Yeah, and so I think he'll still be back. A lot of people are questioning whether he'll be back. I think he will. He's just gonna play play it smarter, and the UFC's not gonna say no to that. That he's a money maker. Yeah. Um, but that's why the attitude changes. I think he's just he's a, he's got kids now too, so he's a family guy, and it's just like he doesn't need to act like that anymore because yeah. he'll sell the tickets no matter what. No, absolutely. As soon as you get your name out there, I mean, it's still it's a great thing. Yeah, there doesn't need yeah. to be the heat anymore. Uh, I do want to say this too. Um. One thing I'm going to start getting into is uh, sports betting. It is legal in Montana now. Yep, and hooligans has a little, you know how like they have those Montana lottery, mm-hmm. like what are they like a kiosk type things, right? Um, tickets and whatnot. Yeah, so you can do it there. You can print off. You you can just like place bets on different sports. So I think I'm going to stick with just fighting and football. I'll never bet on the Broncos. No. Like one thing I've learned is I'll <laughs> never ever bet on my own team. Correct. Because it's just a jinx to me. Because you put your heart into it, and it's just too painful if it goes the wrong way. Yeah, like, I just feel like it's a jinx. You know, yeah. if I if the Broncos were in the Super Bowl, I, I'd never bet on it. No. But, you know, I know football enough that I will bet on other games. I also, also haven't brought this up yet. I went four for four on the uh, conference championship games. Really? I predicted all four of those teams. See, I didn't really necessarily, like, place anything. I didn't really, like, list it out, but just what I guessed it would have happened, none of it happened. I really? think I probably went absolutely zero on everything. Damn. I legit thought the Super Bowl was going to be Green Bay and the Buffalo Bills. I was hoping for that. I would have... That would have been 100% what I would hope for. I w- you know, Buffalo was a team I was really, really going for. Same with yeah. the Browns. Same with... Uh, the Bucks were a team I was kind of... Had my hat in the ring of just because it would be kind of cool, right? But the Bills were the my horse in the in the race, and then I didn't put any money on on betting whether those teams would make it. But I probably that would that's when I decided I'll give my I'll, I'll try my hand at this because I figured at best I'd get two out of four, and I'm going four for four. I'm like you know what, call me Matthew McConaughey and two for the money. I'll I'll try it out. And and uh, fighting, you know, I I I know a considerable amount of fight about fighting, and if I start lose, you know, if I don't win at all, I'll just 
won't do it anymore. See, gambling's the one thing I think the most I ever did was Caden convinced me, my cousin convinced me to put forty dollars in the machine at Old Chicago, and I won eighty bucks, and I've never gambled since. Smart man. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I'm just like, nope, I'm not losing money. Usually what I end up doing is I'll put in like a 20. Yeah. If it turns into something cool, you know, if it, and, and I'm pretty good at, you know, being like, okay, I made 60 bucks, pull that out, call it a day. I don't need that 800. Yeah. But if I get the, um, I, I'm also not the type if I win, I have to go back. I kind of was for a while there, you know, it was kind of feeling a little bit addicting yeah. I don't win a lot though yeah. so if I throw a 20 in and it turns into something cool if it doesn't I know if I keep putting money in I'm not going to win it back Right. if I don't right. win on that initial 20 done yeah there's no point in continuing really this is a great segue into what I was kind of interested in talking about reddit are you talking about yes GameStop yeah that is absolutely the funniest thing that has happened and right on par with the way 2021 is going to be yep that's a big deal, man. The fact, and I kicked myself for this. So I saw the page the day it got posted when everyone was talking about putting money into GameStop and mm-hmm. AMC, and I was like, "Oh, well, maybe I'll download Robinhood or maybe I'll download Acorn or one of those apps where you can kind of start investing and whatnot." And I don't remember what it started at, like thirty dollars a share, thirty-five dollars a share, and it skyrocketed to three hundred and some dollars a share. And all the hedge funds that are absolutely going bust because of the fact that a bunch of people on... And my favorite is the meme that said, the hedge fund manager has to go and talk to whatever because he lost however many millions of dollars to potato in my anus. The fact that that is the way Reddit is basically manipulating and destroying the stock market is absolutely hilarious. Well, it just shows to the flaw in the system. Absolutely. Like, anybody can do that. That's what those hedge funds do. Yeah, they, and that's that's they're just playing their own game at it. Yeah, they they're, jack up the price of certain stocks and then short sell it and yeah. make money. And that's exactly what the Reddit guys did. Well, and what's annoying about it is that now that the you know billionaires and the big money guys are the ones that are losing money, is when they freeze people being able to sell stock and stuff like that, so that way the money kind of goes back to the big guy rather than the small guy making the money. Yeah. Well, now they're actually having conversations now about. Um, putting in restrictions and putting or not restrictions um what's the word being able to monitor that stuff so it would it would right. hinder the hedge funds from being able to do that as well right. so they're actually trying to put in like procedures to where it'll uh overlook that stuff right which is good which is inc- I mean that's fantastic. I mean that's they're literally beating them at their own game, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Like that's the the like lower and middle class being able to get up and get with the rich. And the fact that that's basically the opposite of what happened in the recession during 2009 when everyone that was at the top was making money and everyone at the bottom was, you know, getting their houses foreclosed and cars repoed and stuff like that. The fact that it's opposite of that is I think absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. Did so I haven't really looked too deep into it. What does that mean for GameStop and AMC? Not a whole lot, honestly. I mean, the business is still... Unfortunately, GameStop and AMC are losing money. The theaters aren't open in, what, probably 35, 40 states. And the ones that are open are jacking up prices. That way they can try to make gains and be able to stay open as a company. GameStop, same way. Everything's going digital nowadays. They're kind of a dying breed to where... 
nobody has physical copies of anything, which I think is a shame. A shame, but it's still the company's not making money. I mean, I don't. I'm not an expert. I don't know a whole lot about how the stock market necessarily reflects on the company itself. But yeah, I don't know either. So I didn't know if maybe you'd heard anything because I I hadn't. I know GameStop. I've heard this that GameStop is kind of just like this revolving door of they're not making any money, but they can't file bankruptcy yeah it's kind of the way that a lot of companies are and they're not necessarily down to the way toys r us or sears or kmart or a lot of those are where it's down to the like heads of the company just making bad financial decisions it's just down to the company not making money but they aren't to the point where they're losing it so quickly that they have to file bankruptcy right crazy and i thought it's funny that they chose gamestop too i know we'll leave it to reddit right leave it to reddit man (laughs) Uh, yeah, it just goes to show, like, because that's one thing that nobody's buying stock in. Exactly. So, and same with AMC. Well, and it's, it's the same way as what happened with Tesla or what happened with Bitcoin. Dogecoin, do you remember what that is? I've heard of that, It's yeah. the same kind of thing as what Bitcoin is, the cryptocurrency. That's skyrocketing up in price right now, too. There's a lot of them that are, I mean, it just all works the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't follow the the uh, stock market stuff as much but yeah and I don't necessarily either but like when something like that happens if you bought it in Tesla back in 2009 you're probably rich if you bought into Sears back in 2004 you're probably not it's it all just is a crapshoot it's whatever pretty much yeah well it doesn't make you trust it at all when when these guys can just jack up the price of these stocks willy nilly right and like manipulate it basically yeah so it really shows to the the flaw in the system, and they do need to do something to to fix that. Well, and everything, and like not to get too political, but everything everyone expects about the economy is based around what Wall Street's doing. If the Nasdaq is closing at record rates, or any the Dow Jones is closing at a record rate, but people are still, you know, there's a ten percent unemployment rate that doesn't really matter i mean everyone expects the economy to revolve around the stock market when it really doesn't that's just billionaires making billions yeah same way jeff bezos is you know the richest man in the world yeah and he gave his wife like 50 billion dollars yeah i think it was something like that his ex-wife now i think yeah 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 yeah. and she's just like giving it away yeah i was thinking about because the um Lottery was up to almost a billion dollars. Which is absolutely insane. Yeah, I, I don't think it peaked a billion. I think it got up to like 900-some million yeah. before it popped. Correct. But I was just thinking like, god damn it, what would you do with that? You see, I'm not a big fan of Elon Musk. I think Tesla's kind of oh, I'm very overrated for what they are. But I do appreciate for what he's doing with SpaceX. He's done a lot, and he's trying to make a lot of advancements and positives for future life on earth or anything like that like i know he's got some kind of vain and crazy ideas with like life on mars and put setting up a moon base and stuff like that but at least he's putting his billions towards something rather than storing it in offshore funds and making sure he doesn't pay taxes on it because he just wants to hoard all that money because that's not that's not helping anyone that's hurting everyone didn't he peak at the like over bezos I think he did. I think it was with Tesla stocks skyrocketed, if I remember correctly. Don't 100% quote me on that, but I think Tesla stocks did skyrocket over and push him over there. That'd be that's just crazy. Yeah. I know if I won that that 900 million dollars or whatever, there's no way a hundred of my you know closest friends and family 
would not be getting a million dollars. Oh, absolutely. I'd be like, million dollars for you. Million dollars for you. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Because then I'm still... I still have eight million dollars. Eight hundred million. Oh, yeah, that's what yeah. I mean. Like, yeah, eight hundred yeah. million. Which is still... I like, And I saw this video where this guy put into... Which I can't even imagine the amount of time it took him to make it. It was grains of rice. Putting a dollar as one grain of rice. And, like, the amount. And it's just incredible to see the exponential growth of how, like... The human mind can't grasp how huge that number is until you see it physically, uh, like, comparatively. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can do with that money. With a... Like, literally, a billion dollars is so much money. You You just... You could live lavishly and... Never work, and never invest, and live off that forever. Yep. And like your maybe kids could, and your grandkids could, and your great grandkids. You think on a billion? A billion? Yeah. A billion dollars? Yeah. You could live lavishly. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm. Yeah, if you lived like a normal middle class life, yeah, you have generational wealth for. Because think, even ever. if you buy a million dollar house, let's say. Uh, even like in Billings, I think the most expensive house was what thirteen million dollars. It was the one where the guy got busted for some crazy Fraud. shit. Anyway, you buy that house. That's something you pass on to your kids, and they're probably gonna completely redo the house at some point. And you pass it down to their kids. They're probably gonna redo. Or that they house. sell it. You don't have any payments going out. That's true. But That's I'm just saying like, you could sell that house for millions of dollars Absolutely. and then have millions of dollars. Absolutely. So like really. There's a reason reason the rich make rich kids. Yeah. That's true. I don't know. And then... I mean, that's a dream. I mean, yeah. for me... I know it's not just like the most glamorous thing to be like, I want to I be rich, but... To, it's not about being rich. It's about being comfortable. Exactly. And I don't, I don't want to be rich in my life. I don't want to be to the point where people like... Look down on me for my money, which I know sounds crazy, and a lot of people right. look up to you. But I look at people like that and think how much they could help people. Yeah, I just want to live comfortably and live my life. Yeah, if I can, if just to know, you know, everything's paid for. There's nothing to worry about. If a, if my house burned up, I'd be fine. Yeah, that's comfort. That's, that's what comfort. I want. Not worrying about how, if you're gonna pay next month's bills or next worrying about, you know. Can I afford to go out to dinner this week or something like that? Living comfortably to be able to do what you want to, not exactly. necessarily even what you want to, but not have to worry. And not just them, but my my family and my, mm-hmm. you know, generations down the line. Like that's another thing too. It's just to know my kids and their kids are gonna live comfortably. That's a that's success. Yeah, you know that's and that's why I have major respect because football players, especially the ones that come from rough backgrounds and you know are making millions upon millions of dollars i love seeing the ones that buy their mom a car or buy their mom a house or something like that and just seeing their reaction knowing that they raised their child in like poverty and like the lowest possible income they could possibly get and being able to just get a house is just i love that josh jacobs is one of the best stories when it comes to that yeah there's a lot of those though same as like you know i'm it's not my music but rappers yeah, there's a lot of rappers that come from harsh, harsh upbringings. Eminem's one of the one that comes to mind for sure. I'm sure I Dr. Dre. Yeah, look at him now. He's one of the richest rappers of all time. Yeah, just that success story. Yeah, it's definitely moving. And then hopefully, like you said, you see them reciprocate and 
give back to the community, give back to the their families and stuff like that. Yeah, one that kind of comes to mind is uh, Righteous Vendetta. Now, most of them, the, the singer's based out of Cody. Yeah. But the band itself is based out of Billings. I've actually met the band a couple times. Um, but Zach Goggins, he actually is a real estate here in Billings. He does, I think it's, I don't remember if he changed the name for Soul Rose Thorn, but he does real estate here in Billings. He does a lot of stuff with the community, and it's uh, he owns an e-bike shop and just different things like that, which I think is just fantastic. It's nice to see something that happens within your own community from people who have kind of blown up big. Because before COVID hit, right, they were over in Europe touring. Like mm-hmm. it's just fantastic to see, especially somebody like even that you know, not even necessarily personally, just like that you've met acquaintance that is doing something like that. It's kind of cool to see what goes on with that. Are they still around? Oh yeah. Okay. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, somebody's not in the band anymore. Maybe their guitar player? Maybe. I don't remember. I know Riley Haney's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah, Riley's not, but they still, I mean... I met their their new bass player. You know, okay, I actually got a funny story for you. So, this was right when the band started. Like, my band. So, we had just started maybe all together for three months maybe we weren't even we didn't even have a show yet we had just gotten like a facebook page and pictures and all that stuff up i'd say we were like three months in and i was out at daisy dukes good old daisy dukes and i saw um ryan hayes Hmm. from righteous vendetta and he was with the the new bass player so I, i met him there too and i'm just like bullshit with him i'm drunk like i'm <laughs> the best story is usually yeah. sloppy drunk yeah. and i'm sitting there like hey man like you're from righteous Vendetta. like I, I don't feel like i was stupid stupid but i was just like you're from righteous vendetta and he's like yeah man and i just started talking to him about i was like yeah i remember seeing you guys in missoula and he oh thanks man like what do you guys got going on are you guys doing anything new like recent like soon anything like that just started bullshit with him and then of course i'm like yeah I'm in a band too. And it just, it came off so like, because we were nothing at that point. Yeah. If I said that now, I could set, I could like hang my hat on that. You know, it's like, yeah. we've played shows. We are an up and coming band. We've gotten our feet wet. We hadn't even played a show yet. So that'd be like no different than if my, you know, if some kid out of high school came up to me and was like, Hey, I'm in a band. And I'd be like, Oh, like cool, dude. Yeah. You know, like, g- g- keep it up. That's kind of how I felt. It's like, ah, like, I just imagine him being like, cool, man, keep up the good yeah. work. And I'm just like, ah, I should have, like, I mostly was trying to just be like, hey, maybe we can play a show sometime and, like, let's, hopefully this, and I, because I, I, I did have good feelings about the band. Yeah. It's still, it doesn't matter what point you're at, it's still one of those moments where you lay awake at night cringing over... Yeah, it's like... How, the way it went down. Knowing And especially knowing they're a much, much bigger band. Right. It'd be like if I went up to... Well, it's not like that. But it'd be like if they went up to, you know, a bigger band, like... Disturbed. Or, yeah, and was like, hey, I have a band. And they're like, sweet. You know, it's just like... Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's just totally just levels. There's different levels. And we were not on the same but it is cool that they just are out and about and you can go up and talk to them and stuff like that I should get one of those guys on the show that would be pretty cool that would be pretty cool I didn't even think about that honestly yeah that'd be freaking awesome get Goggins on here he could talk about his uh, 
real estate. Yeah, he could promote yeah. his stuff. He's got a, a lot of business ventures. It's pretty cool. I respect him a lot. I follow him a lot on Facebook just because he's got a lot of business ventures and things like that that he goes along with, and I respect it. Right. Did you know I played a show with Goggins when he was in high school? Really? Mm Mm-hmm. He was in a band called Thrall. Okay. And he was clearly, like, the outstanding member of that band, even in high school. And it was just weird. Like, we were in high school, too. Yeah. And so... Or wait. Yeah, we were. So, shitty band. We we had a shitty band. (laughs) And we, I just remember playing that show with him, and I think he was a freshman, and we yeah. were sophomore, junior, something like that. Yeah, interesting. It was just crazy, and then to see him evolve. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool when you see somebody that you're even just like you've met in life, see them just explode and be like a huge name. It's just so cool. Like you're just kind of proud to know that, like, hey, I knew them at one point in my life. Well, hopefully, you can say that about me and my band someday. Oh yeah, it's the hope, man. Just don't forget where you came from, bud. Never, <laughs> never. On the same note of local bands, by the way, oh, dang, I completely spacing their name. The lead singer had really long, like blonde hair. Um, they played quite a few shows just locally. Stranded by choice? Not stranded by choice. They were a little more metal. Alder lights? No, because they're they're more Christian, but they're actually blowing up. I heard them on the radio a while back. Really? Kind of cool. Yeah. Damn. Long blonde hair, the singer. Right, we ran into him at uh, karaoke night at Hudson's one night. He was there a couple times. I'm completely engaged in scene. No, uh, not Hud- Hudson's. Yeah. Well, because I've I've ran into you know I think he has long dark hair. Long blonde hair. I'm thinking he's blonde. It might be dark hair. Anyway, I don't want to like go too much on that topic but i'm just thinking like they were a local band they were getting pretty big and then the the lead singer was out and You're thinking all of a sudden it's it's engaged the unseen engaged the unseen yes yeah whatever happened to them they yeah they, they just kind of petered out after that pretty much yeah which kind of sucks. i think they tried to keep it together and it just didn't happen uh i've actually I, I think i probably will have carter from engage on the show at some point down the line but and maybe i'll ask him more about that yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not really sure on the whole detail. I think they wanted to go in a different direction. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I, I it's been I've heard the story from different sources, and I just don't know. Which I mean, I've never. I like Nathan yeah. from the singer, and then I like Carter and all those guys. So, yeah, and I've never personally been in a band. I mean, of course, being homeschooled, I didn't, you know, have the opportunity to. I want to ask you about that, too, but keep going. Absolutely. I was going to say, just with bands, I feel like there's two parts to them. It's the rest of the band and the lead singer, because the lead singer's kind of like the quarterback of a football team. He's the one who kind of leads them and is kind of the face of everything, because everyone remembers. You don't think of, like, I don't know, just any band you think of. You always think of the lead singer first. Typically, like, that's the casual view of it yeah i mean you you know if you're a musician you typically look at whatever music like musician right is opposite you because like for me it's hard to to say because i've always been into vocals and and lyrics and all that yeah. so it's like for me i do definitely fixate on the singers so it's it's hard for me to even like remember what it's like just to be a casual like listener right but you're probably right i mean that's why they call him the front man exactly which is crazy for, like, a lot of bands, because, like, 
there's some weird crossovers that lead singers have done. Like, uh, I forget his name. I want to say it's Aaron Jones from Stained. Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis. He went and did country music and dive bars for a long time. Mm-hmm. And now they're and finally... Good at it too. Yeah, it was good. And he was finally getting back together before everything. And, like, it's kind of went haywire now. But, I mean, it's kind of funny to see the metal and rock stars that kind of cross over into other ventures. Right. Or even pop stars into... Like metal and stuff like that. Poppy comes to mind. Who's that? I don't know if you've listened to Poppy. She kind of blew up yeah, on YouTube yeah. and did like pop and whatever, just generic uh, radio hits. And then she got tired of her label, made a terrible album, just kind of get out of it. They cut her from it. Now she's making like full on metal, kind hmm. of like baby metal style, but it's freaking cool. Interesting. I'll have to check that like, out. Like to see somebody kind of, because usually you see like Bring Me the Horizon style where they go from like super heavy, like death core to really light stuff and it's kind of cool to see somebody go from opposite of that to right. the higher end hmm yeah and the, uh, Post Malone's another one that kind of comes to mind where he crosses over from like With Aussie yeah just yeah, little collabs like that so that's cool to see I appreciate Post Malone just because he actually is a musician like he right. plays guitar he's very like lyrical yeah. things like that but yeah. to go back real quick on what you were saying about like the lead singer being the quarterback you're not completely wrong but just knowing from being in a band, I, I can say this at least. That probably is the case in a lot of bands, and those are the bands that fail. Exactly. Because if you don't work together as a band, and I've tried really hard to not be... It's hard because I am really close to everyone in the band. Like, I have a... Except for, like, Lucas. Like, me and Lucas met because of the band. Right. But I feel like I have a pretty good way of connecting with everybody and, like, talking to everybody. Yeah. and but I always try to engage everybody into what we do, whether it's, you know, making the set list, writing songs, even for, you know, setting up shows, everything, every, every little aspect of, of the band. I try and, cause I literally, I play myself down because I'm, whoops, I'm, uh, I just sing. You know, yeah. I can't even play an instrument. Like what they do is so much more unique to me that there's I don't know. The only way I would even remotely be a quarterback or you know, a leader of the band is is outside of the music. Yeah. It's not even involving the music. Like the music doesn't happen without them. No, exactly. Cuz I'm nothing in that. It's like we but we all everyone plays their part. And it's like, it's great too because everyone has their connections. You know, one guy knows this person at this bar that we can get hooked up at to play a show. This guy knows somebody we can record with. This guy, you know, things like that. Which is perfect because you kind of have every everything coming together at one. Yeah, and I've never, you know, personally felt like a solo leader. It's always a yeah. group thing so i think that helps and any band who who even not just the singer there's bands who like the guitar player or like you know motley Crue. nikki six was the guy oh yeah. you know, he made the band he he helped form the band he always was like the the voice of the band but if you if you're gonna just adopt that role on your own you know it's one thing if the band consents to it and they're like you know what let him be the guy let him handle all that stuff but if you just take control of it yourself it's gonna collapse. Yeah, like Motley Crue's a, a iconic name, but they're they're weird the way they everything kind of came together with them too. For sure. Not did you watch the Dirt? I did. 
I think we've talked about this. Yeah. And I know a lot of that's a little stretched from the story, but still, like, that's, it's, they're kind of funny the way everything happened with them. Right. It's one of my favorite bands. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I want to ask you about uh, Homeschool. You brought that up a couple times. Yes. So, what was that like? Terrible. Absolutely horrible. Okay. Um, So, I did go to elementary school um, through fifth grade. Fifth grade, I... I don't know why my mom decided that I needed to be pulled out. And not saying that I was the best student, obviously, but looking back, I feel like I would have done a lot better if I would have continued in public school. The problem is, when you go to homeschooling, you lose a lot of friends, you lose a lot of acquaintances, and like at one point, I probably didn't have any friends. I mean, the, my saving grace was video games, because my mom didn't really push me to do a whole lot. She didn't make me do schoolwork or anything like that, which thankfully I did go on my own and get my GED. Cool. Um, or high set, I guess is what it is in Montana. But you lose a lot of face-to-face interactions and you have to kind of come back and think of being like a, as a really weird way to put it, but think of being a kidnap victim and you get put in a cellar for 10 years and you all of a sudden have to get put back in the world. I, I forget her name, but she comes to mind. There's a lady who was abducted and I think it was Cleveland and got put back in. And she, it just has been weird the whole time because she's, you know, putting back in with society after she was completely locked away. That's the way it kind of feels. Cause you lose that social interaction. Exactly. You lose that interaction with anyone. You're just awkward. And thankfully my saving grace, of course, bring back to the original point of what we were first talking about was Olive Garden was that was what kind of got me out of everything from f- fifth grade so however many years old up to 18 years old I pretty much did nothing but play video games all the time which sucked but but you're for- in that environment you're forced to interact you're forced to exactly you kind of build that camaraderie and you build the same thing you would at any job or at school or something like that which kind of did help at the end I'm not as bad as some people I've met, which kind of sounds bad, but, I mean, everyone knows a homeschool kid who you know what I'm talking about, but... It makes sense, though, like, you know, you miss out on that social interaction, and it's just, yeah, like you said, it makes you awkward, Mm -hmm. you're not as comfortable talking to people, and it doesn't... Confrontation is a huge thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily just, like, a weirdo, Mm -hmm. you're just not used to engaging in just regular everyday conversation with people your age correct it's i i suppose it would definitely be different if you were homeschooled with you know brothers and sisters which i did have but they just weren't they didn't live with me so yeah so that definitely hurts and then i know some homeschool units will like get together Right, so it's kind of the same way, so you have, like, sports and um, different classes, especially, like, here in Billings, it's the Lincoln Center, everything's kind of based around that, so you can kind of get the homeschool community involved the same way as you would at normal school, where you have everyone kind of come together. Did you ever do any of that? No. Okay. (laughs) Which is another thing that kind of ruined that, which, I mean, when I started becoming, like, when I was a server at Olive Garden, or when I got into sales, it completely has to break you out of that shell, or you're going to fail. For sure. Yeah, I was just curious. I, you know, never really had like a full on deep dive in of uh, of the homeschool life because obviously I never was. But well, and then another major thing you don't even think about is because you're kind of almost trapped in your own head with things. It makes you 
think about everything you do to make you want to act normal, like the way you talk or your body language or the way you look or anything like that. And it makes you super, super self-conscious because you want to fit into social norms and you want to construct yourself into that, which, I mean, I give less of a shit. I, if people don't like me, they don't like me. If they think I'm weird, they think I'm weird. I could care less. But which, when you're a growing kid... When you're a growing kid and you're a teenager, everyone goes through that teenage phase, it's terrible. Because that's everything you think about every day. Somebody looks at you weird and you can't get that out of your head. Somebody calls you weird and you, you know, burst out crying or something like that. Well, you don't have your peers to help, you know, guide you through those things that they're going through the same thing. Exactly. So you don't have those people to to lean on and be like, you know, just to get that support. Also, I'm wondering, like, you know, girls, you know, like, relationships and stuff, that's got to be weird, too. Like, you don't... Pfft, you know, all my first crushes and all my first girlfriends and stuff were all in school. Yeah. So it's like to not have that experience, especially growing up as a teenager, you know, obviously that's a very weird pubescent sexual part of your life. And then you, you're just completely withdrawn from that. Correct. That's gotta be a weird one, huh? It is. Um, well, let me better ask the question is like, how was that like? Terrible. Again, like I, didn't really have a actual girlfriend i mean i had dated like a month or so for here and there when i was younger but i mean until you're like 18 19 you start getting out and like you get a job and you meet someone something like that you don't really have that opportunity or that experience to find anything like that which is kind of weird because you almost crave that because you're at that age and that's just normal i mean your home hormones are going crazy everything like that you just don't have that there right and it's it is the weirdest feeling to just you almost feel empty i don't know it's weird it's 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 almost impossible to explain just and you're just not around women like or girls yeah. i guess at that age like like you would be in a high school or something like that right. and then you know all the clicks and all that stuff but so you said you did have a girlfriend like while you were in school so when i was about 15 um i used to hang out with just neighborhood kids and oh, stuff okay. ride bikes so i did i guess i had acquaintances that's good but there was this one girl who did ask me out which was weird terrifying for me you know not having any friends or anything and i came up with every excuse for some reason in my mind to not give her my number or give her my facebook or anything like that and so i don't know it's just it's weird man it's so weird <laughs> Well, but but you did. Yeah. So, at least you had some kind of semblance of that experience. Right. And then if you find friends, even, that you find attractive or you want to be with, and then if you have friends own, then you have to rely on their friends. It's so weird the way the tree of everything works to try to expand your horizons for everything when you're in that sort of situation, which is kind of horrifying. But, I mean, yeah. So, did you have to learn the sex ed from your mom? It, the internet. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. I mean, that's kind of the way every teenager is, but you... Anymore, yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Interesting. Okay. But you turned out good, so it all I mean, worked out. Half decent, at least. Yeah. I would. Well, and you know what? Speaking of girls, we do got to bring this up. I wanted to bring this up somehow, and it works in a good transition. You are engaged, I my am. friend. Happily engaged with my beautiful fiance, Madison. Okay, and uh, how are you feeling about that? I am so excited to marry her. I, she is my best friend. She is my world. I can't spend ten seconds without thinking about her. I mean, it's 
absolutely the best feeling in the world. Right on, man. That's awesome. And uh, not for a while, though, right? Next year? Right. So July 2nd of 2022. You all heard it here? Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> 2022. Okay, yeah, and they, because she'll be done with school, right? Right. So she's going to school to be an art education teacher for middle school. Um, she's going to be graduating, and then we're getting married that summer, and then she's going back for her student teaching. Gotcha. Cool. So we're kind of she's getting done with her the big block majority of college, and then we're getting married, and then she does her student teaching and just kind of goes straight into everything. So we're trying to make it as easy and seamless as possible on her. I mean, I'm. <laughs> It's, I I mean, I think it's smart to, to, you'll have more time to plan. Exactly. You have more time to, you know, live together and stuff. And honestly, like, a marriage, everyone says marriage, you know, your life, everything changes after you're married. I don't know if that's true, you know? It's just a paper. That's basically what it is. It's a celebration of your love, and then you sign your name on a piece of paper. Right. And nothing else changes. The biggest thing with that, I feel like, with people is their mindset. Is they think, oh, they have to put up with me, or oh, they have to do this. And that's if that's the, the case, you shouldn't be married. Exactly. I mean, we ha- everything's perfect between us. I mean, I don't think we've ever fought once. Um, we everything's very evenly split, like between laundry and clothes, or laundry and cleaning and cooking and everything like that. Like I cook a lot. I try to do as much as I can. I work a lot more, unfortunately. So we don't get to spend as much time together, but we try to split everything as evenly as possible. Like we just the system we have works perfectly, and it's it's a great feeling to have. You guys still looking at houses? Probably next year. Probably about the time we get married. Smart. Do it all. Do it all. Uh, just as you go. Yeah, that's not a bad. Bad bad way to do it. So. And on that same subject, I'm very excited because my dad is from Norway. I'm uh, of very Scandinavian descent. And so we are planning on going to Norway for our honeymoon. Sweet! Um, I actually have a brother that lives over there, my grandma, like, aunts, uncles, Have you ever cousins. been there? I have not. That'll be awesome. I am very excited. That'll be way cool. I get to see my cousin Vanya, and I mean, just everyone that I've talked to for years and years and years, and get to see everyone and meet everyone, I'm very excited. And that's, what's funny is, when we first started dating, she always saw herself as someone like me. And I saw myself with someone like her, of course, but she always wanted to go to, like, Scandinavia, somewhere like that, Finland, Sweden, somewhere for a honeymoon. So the fact that I'm from there is just a fantastic, like, coinking. Right. Well, another thing, too, that's good about you waiting, too, is, like, everything will be back up and running by then. Exactly. For sure. Cool. And then also, uh, I'm I'm uh, his best man. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's Caden. Caden's I mean, ha- heart stopped. Caden's yeah, <laughs> like... <gasps> No, uh, yeah, no, for sure. And I'm more than honored to even be in the wedding party, so I appreciate that, as always. You're my best friends, man. And then, dude, if you... I already told you this before, but <laughs> you, if if you would have told me it wasn't Caden, I would have been like, uh, what? Because you and him fucking... We are literally, like... You're our, basically brothers. Oh, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sucks I don't get to work with him anymore, but, like... When we were younger, I mean, we literally spent every second together because our moms are both sisters. I mean, adopted sisters, so we're not blood-related. But, I mean, still, like... Right. It's incredible, like... Yeah. I mean, we, we have a bond. I mean, it's like literally brothers. <laughs> yeah. No, if you would have said anybody but him, I would have been, like, shocked. Yeah. And, of course, yeah, like I said, I'm definitely honored <laughs> to, be, to be in the wedding party. 
Uh, we gotta do something good for the bachelor party. I know you're not thinking strippers or nothing like that. That's fine. I wanted to go fishing personally. That's just me, but not everyone's down for that. So. Who, el- who else is in? How many? We haven't 100% decided yet. Are you doing four? F- oh, okay, you haven't. We haven't 100%. It's gonna be either three or five, which is weird. It is not a weird, like, in-between number, but it's at least gonna be you and Caden. The other ones I haven't decided yet. Oh, you only have the two. Probably my buddy Cody's definitely in there too. Okay, hundred percent gonna be Cody as well. He doesn't know that yet, so if he sees this, he definitely knows that now. But what a surprise for him! <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> but we're late in the. A lot of people right, don't watch right. up to this point unless you're a Sorry. true fan. But hey, maybe he will. Respect. So okay, okay, no. and then you'll have to figure out the other two, or it'll just be the three. Cool. And then, uh, oh yeah, okay. So you're talking about fishing anyway. You've been doing any fishing lately, or because I know you I, and Caden go fishing and do all that stuff all the time. I haven't had any time to. Mm-hmm. I've been trying so hard, but it's Montana weather. You don't know if it's going to be fifty degrees and sunny, or if it's going to be fifty degrees and blowing seventy mile an hour winds. So unfortunately, the one day I had to go was the one day that we had peak wind gusts of around eighty to ninety miles an hour. Dude, that was nuts. I think uh, one of the mountains outside of Missoula got a hundred and twenty-four mile an hour gust, so we didn't have a chance to go. It's no fun at that point. Right. But Damn. Well and it's just like especially lately, man, the weather's been weird. The fact that we don't have six inches of snow right now is just nuts. Well in Montana's just weird in general. Yeah. <clears throat> but like, I mean, I can remember a time when Caden and I would go up on the Bighorn, which is about an hour and 20-minute drive from here. But we'd go up there, and we'd be fishing. It'd be negative 20 degrees outside. Yeah. Just sit in the truck drink beer, of course, but... <clears throat> oh, yeah, I'm sure it gets... Very cold. Rough at that point. So what are some of your uh, spots, then? I know you've talked about them before, but, like... You kind of go all over the place, Too huh? into depth of that. Okay, okay, okay. But... Yeah, let's not... I mean, there's definitely some major rivers, Blue Ribbon, Trout Streams in Montana that I definitely hit up quite a bit within two to three hours of Billings. I'm not scared of going eight hours away. I mean, I've definitely gone up some places where I've caught, you know, 10-pound, 28-plus-inch rainbows. I'm not going to give those away. I mean, it's easy to find necessarily, but, I mean, there's areas. Give me your best fishing story. One that pops in your head. Go. Oh, God. So, Caden and I decided that we were going to go and hunt for this trophy rainbow um there's one place in montana where it's almost a guaranteed catch the minimum to keep is 28 inches for a trout which is just fantastic well we went up there it's an eight hour drive from billings and we you know got up left whatever did some touristy stuff on the way up got up to camp i think it was like probably 5 15 to six o'clock somewhere in there at that point we had i hadn't eaten all day so we're setting up camp while we're cooking dinner I decided that I was going to have eight Bud Lights on an empty stomach, and for every beer I drank, I had a shot of Pendleton. Oh. So, equivalently about 16 drinks in about 45 minutes on an empty stomach. Dude, I'd be dead. I have never blacked out in my life. That was the one time I did black out. Um, From what I've been told, I I ate, which I was basically deep-throating a skewer because we had kebabs, and I was, instead of just pulling them up, I was basically sticking the whole skewer down my throat, gagging, and... I end up throwing up. We went and searched for firewood. I passed out in the back of my truck, um, which while Caden was driving because we took one vehicle up. Passed out in the back. And up there and during the summer, it stays light until about 11, 30, 12. So you can still see everything pretty much clear as day like um, until about that time. 
And about 9 o'clock, he decided, hey, we're going to go down and go fishing. It's still light out. I'm like, okay, cool, apparently. Like I said, I don't remember anything. And so they go down. They're like, hey, let's go down and go fishing. I'm just plastered drunk, laying in the back of the truck. I'm like, I'll be down a little bit. They go down for like an hour and a half, come back up, and they're like, okay, we're going to go back to camp. Like, where are your keys? Because he left me the keys while I'm all passed out. And he, I'm like, I'll go get one tomorrow. Like, no, give me your fucking keys. Like, I'll get one tomorrow. And he thought I was just fucking with him. I was, don't remember any of this. Like, I'll get one tomorrow. He goes, give me your fucking keys so we can drive back to camp. I pull out a lighter and change, drop it on the ground and pass out. So we had to search for the keys for like 10 minutes to find them. Drive back to camp. I don't remember anything. I'm lucky because our tent was facing the river. And I somehow got in the tent, passed out, woke up the next day at 5 a.m., felt like a brand new man. Didn't, wasn't hungover, felt fantastic. Got up and fished for like 12 hours that day. <laughs> there you go. That's a rare thing to wake up after something like that. Right. No hangover. End up catching a 29-inch rainbow, though. 12 pounds. Damn. A fantastic experience. Fought like a freaking rock, but yeah. What's your uh, What's your biggest fish? That one. That was Definitely. it? Yeah. Wow. It's been two years. That it's almost two years it's been at the taxidermist. I'm not, I'm not one of those that I go trophy hunting. I definitely am a catch and release kind of person, but that kind of fish is a once in a lifetime thing. I was like, I'm putting that on my wall. Yeah, for sure, man. You gotta. Any other, uh, like camping stories or outdoor stories you got? Mm, I mean, there was a time Caden, I, so we used to go up to the Yellowstone quite a bit, like up by emigrant area. And we'd walk out onto the islands, not necessarily float, but just walk out to the islands and kind of hang out there all day. And it was April, May, so it was like getting to the point where it was in the 50s, but it was still a little windy. And so I had a jacket on. I, you know, we'd lay down at some point in the day because we'd leave Billings like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. after a couple hours sleep, and we'd go up and lay on the beach and hang out. And I'd fall fall asleep for an hour, get a little nap in. Well, Kate, I woke up to Caden slapping me in the face with a fish. And it was spawning season, so it was jizzing all over my face. Oh my god! I was—I woke up and I was the most pissed person on earth at that point because all I see is just shit all over. And Cadence is drunk as shit because he drank way too much during that time. Yeah. And yeah, that yeah, a little irritated. I remember fishing up in uh, uh, Kalispell. We were on the the Swan Swan River. Uh, yeah, Swan River is like about that area. Big Fork, kind of somewhere yeah. in there. And uh, I was fishing with my cousin, and uh, same thing. It was it must have been spawning season because he had this pike, and he's just like squeezing it, and this like st- white, st- yeah. And I'm like, I was like, you know, I was younger. I was like, what is that milk? And he goes, yeah, you want to taste it? And I'm like, no. But then he's like, no, it's sperm, bro. I'm just like. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh. I don't have a ton of fishing stories. Also that same trip though. Um yeah, I don't I don't fish a lot. But I don't fish enough, let's put it that way. But that same year when I was up in Kalispell, the uh we we me and my aunt and my uncle RIP both of them. They uh they took me fishing and we were kind of on like this I don't want to say it was a dam. But it was like the water was just like flowing over. You could see the fish flying up. Okay. You know, over this like, like waterfall. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, we're fishing, whatever. I'm I'm just wearing jeans and whatever. Like I'm not dressed for this at all. Yeah. I'm just out to hit fish and whatever. And like, I'm fucking around with like the the uh, this 
the net, the fishing net. And I'm just like fucking around with it. And I like step on a rock and I slip in up to my like, you know, <laughs> my knees in water. And then I, and I dropped the net and I'm like, I'm already pissed. Cause now my shoes and my legs are wet. Yeah. And then, uh, my uncle's like, grab that net. And I like, so I had to jump in and grab it all the way up to my chest in water. And so I'm walking, like, I was just like done at that point. I was just like, okay, this and we had to drive all the way back to his, to their house. And I'm just, like, pissed. And I'm just walking ahead of them, like, just mad because I'm soaked all the way to my neck almost. Yeah, that was a rough one. <laughs> one other one that does come to mind is, I think it was late February. And so, of course, being a car guy, I had a sports car at one point. I had a really nice 2014 Camaro. Learned to drive clutch on the thing. Um, Caden and I both worked at Olive Garden at the time. And um, we got off at the same time. It was, I think it was like a, I don't remember what day we had off together, but we're like, hey, we're both off. I wonder if we should go fishing on the Stillwater tomorrow. Now, the area we go to, the wind is always howling, and it doesn't matter if it's calm a mile away, it'll be howling 80 miles an hour there. Not, I, it's the weirdest thing, because it's right coming out of the valley. But we're like, oh yeah, let's drive up there and see if it's, you know, thawed out or if it's completely frozen over. He, I think it was like probably 2 o'clock, and he had to work at 4. Now, keep in mind, this is an hour and a half drive up there. Mm-hmm. I think it might have been like 2.30, because there's like, no, there's no way we're going to make it. We managed to get up there, see that the river was unthawed, and drove back in like an hour, and I think it was like 45 minutes, and got him back to work like at the exact time he needed to be back. Well, the next day we leave, go up there, and the river's frozen. <laughs> oh, and so the only part that's unfrozen is on the other side now keep in mind there's no bridges within 20 miles of where we fish there's no way to cross except through the water now it's also february so it's cold and the river is mountain fed so it's very very cold so we of course do the smart thing and cross the river and we don't have waders we have our jeans on so we take our shoes off we wear our socks, put our jeans as high up as we can, and walk through the river, and it's almost up to my waist. Like, I had my, probably about six inches past my knee, I had my jeans up to, and the water was up there. And we're carrying, you know, our uh, tackle box, our fishing poles and everything. I was pissed. Get across the river, and we end up building a fire and, like, whatever. Didn't catch a single damn fish that day. And we had to cross back over because the sun was down and it was dark out. I was furious. Oh, I'm sure, dude. And I'm assuming you didn't have a spare pants. Oh, no. Of course not. Or spare shoes. You should have just... just... Actually, no. I did wear my shoes across because I didn't want to, you know, have my feet bare ass against the rocks. And so, of course, I decided to put them next to the fire to dry them out. And I'm fishing, so I tell Caden to watch them. And I still have this pair of shoes to prove it. They're completely melted on one side. God. Because they sat next to the fire. I walk over and grab them, and they're, like, rubbery. And, like, I'm like, (laughs) at least they were dry. But yeah, that's true. And I had to cross back over, of course. You should have just free dicked it and crossed like that. <laughs> I was tempted. That would have sucked. Yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. Well, we're getting toward the end here. I've been doing this thing. I'm going to reword it. Okay. okay. Because what I've been doing is I've been asking people what's the biggest struggle that they've overcome. And now that's a li- it's a hard question because a lot of people aren't prepared for it. So... One thing I like to aim for on this podcast is to like promote positivity and you know look at the at the lighter side of life. Of things like that. So 
you know, when I have guests on, I try and get a good opportunity to get other people's perspectives and other people's voices out there. So I'm going to give you an opportunity now to speak to the audience, give some kind of anecdote, some like what's something that you want to say to maybe impact them. Maybe it is something you've overcome or something that you've you know persevered through or perhaps just words of encouragement for any specific thing. Maybe it's it, like you can be really specific on certain topics or certain things. You know, if that, somebody's struggling with depression or somebody's struggling with, you know, financial issues, things like that, anything that comes to your mind, I want to try and get a variety of, of things like that. So actually those are really good points. Cause that's kind of what I was thinking of touching on. Um, of course being homeschooled, I mean, it, what we kind of talked about with that it definitely brings along depression you get i mean i definitely have struggled with depression for many years i got to the point where i would literally like almost like gun in your mouth kind of ready to Damn. end it kind of thing and i mean i'm proud to say i've definitely overcome that um i was definitely raised not necessarily in poverty but in something to where you know my i always had food on the table i'm not gonna say i was to the point where you know you're struggling for food every day but definitely along those kind of lines um i mean right now i can tell you it gets better it doesn't matter what you do it's going to get better um you just have to have the right positive mindset you have to have the right positivity in your life i mean coming from somewhere where i didn't go to college i got my own ged or you know I, i've progressed my life i've pulled myself like you drag yourself out of that hole it doesn't matter what you do, you have to drag yourself out. If you keep going deeper, you're just going to get further away from your goal. You just have to set your goals, go for it. I pulled myself out of depression. I'm in a job where I completely am financially stable. I'm happy with where I'm at. I love what I do. I love where my life is. I've been in some very toxic relationships. I've been in some very toxic friendships. I've been into drugs and stuff. And not as deep as some people go. I mean, I've tried it. I'm not necessarily like it's like I was a, an addict but I've gotten myself out of the hole I was in I've got I not gonna uh, nobody's cured of depression I mean I definitely have down days but you I stay positive with my mind I keep myself in positive friendships not where they're gonna drag you down like there's jokes and stuff obviously but it's not like where somebody's going to make you feel like you're a burden on their life for trying to help them um I mean I'm at the happiest point of my life, I never thought I was going to get here. I'm very proud to say I'm where I want to be, and I'm on the track to where I honestly have dreamed about being. So, I mean, it's just stay where you want to go. You put a put a goal in your mind, and if you don't get there, then, I mean, you just you have to. Just keep picking yourself back up. Keep digging. Right on, brother. I think that's a good one to end on. Well, anything else you want to promote or talk about before we close this bad boy out? I mean, I mean I'm definitely in sales, so I'm always trying to get that out there. There you go. Danny okay. Help Nissan if you're ever looking for a car, hit me up. Brandon Ostrud 406-861-1180. There you go. <laughs> you heard it here if you're looking for a brand new car. There or, or you know, but yeah. you're the salesman. Of course, of course. I mean, I respect that. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't sell cars. Right. <laughs> they would just get mad at me if I, you know what I mean? But hey, you're the, you're the guest. That's your salesman right there, guys. Um, thank you all for watching. Please make sure to like, share, subscribe, get the word out about this thing. And um, yeah, don't forget, life's a garden. Dig it. <laughs>